Dads, I'm glad you're here today, and uh, it's just good to be a dad. I, uh, I have six children, I think. I get confused. I was shaking hands with the folks prior to the service. I kind of like doing that. A lot of preachers, they don't like getting germs on their hands or anything of that nature, but I just, uh, I like to shake hands with folks, and and uh, our folks know how to make you feel so good. I was shaking hands with some ladies back here, and one of them said, Happy Father's Day. I said, That's good. I wanted to wish her a Happy Mother's Day. She said, And Happy Birthday. I wanted to hear her. I wanted to tell her I do not need to be reminded how old I am, but uh, it's good to be here today, and I just thought I'd drop by and and uh, and preach a message out of the book of First John, chapter three. First John, chapter number three. The term that I want to relate to this this morning is found 13 times in the little book of 1 John and found four times in the one chapter of 2 John. It's a, it's a very significant term. Years ago, I was so impressed with the scripture that I memorized the verses several years ago and from time to time, I have to remind myself, and I, I just quote the verses over again just to encourage me and to uh, keep me in line and uh, to be an admonishment to me. So if you found your place there in 1 John chapter 3, that first word I'm reminded of every time I go home. Behold, as you turn off of 174 on what ought to be 917, but it's not. It just goes straight across. There's a sign that says 20 miles an hour speed limit. And for we dummies, it's got to behold flashing light on it. Now, if you don't believe that flash in light, I'll see you at City Hall. That light is to call our attention to the fact that it's a 20-mile-an-hour speed limit, speed zone. And whether you believe it or not, does not change that light or the sign one bit. It's a fact, Jack, that if you're going 21 miles an hour, they will give you a ticket, and they have no mercy. I love them. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we 
should be called the sons of God. What a verse. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we, you, I, should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, John says, beloved, now are we the sons of God. Right now, and I don't mean that messy kind of rat. I mean rat now. I am a son, a child, a member of the heavenly family of whom God eternal is the Father. What manner of love the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Notice now it says, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know we don't think, we're not hoping. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself purifieth himself even as he is pure. The phrase I would like to talk to you this morning about is this phrase, the Father. Thirteen times in this little short book, that term is related to the God of the universe the creator and sustainer of all that you and I see this morning. The one who stepped out on the ledge of nothing and spoke. And everything you and I see, experience, and enjoy came into being just like that. He has many names ascribed to him in the word of God. Jehovah Nishai. Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Shalom, and on and on and on. But when he relates to us this morning, he is our Father. And that kind of blew me away when I was reading this week. Somebody said, are you proud of your daddy? Which one? Have an earthly father that I'm extremely proud of. But I have a heavenly Father that ever is there to assist, ever there to help, ever there to protect, ever there to provide, ever there 
to be my heavenly father. You say, I don't feel love. If I was you, I wouldn't base my life on feelings. When your wife tells you that she's pregnant, that will do something to your feelings. And if they should tell you they're twins, that will do something else. help this morning. That's good. Notice the Bible says, be father. There's some verse, there's some words in these verses I'd like to share with you. Notice, first of all, when you read the word of God, you ought to be careful because every word is important. That little word, behold. We'll look at that for a little while. Manner. What manner of love? You say, well, preacher, I tell my wife I love her. Well, what manner of love is that? What manner of love? The manner of love. The word means out of this world. It means absolutely unspeakable. It means unexpressible. What manner of love? Then the word love. And then the word the Father. And then the word bestowed. Aren't you glad this morning that the love of God is just poured on you? just poured out lavishly. God did not reserve any of it. He just bestowed it upon you. You were standing there one day, and all of a sudden just the love of God just flooded all over your soul when Jesus Christ saved you and forgave you and wrote your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, began to build your mansion on Hallelujah Boulevard, and nobody can move in except you. I'm talking about just words that you pick out of these verses Today's terminology, notice the word behold. Behold. Today's terminology would be stop and look at the kind of love our Father has lavished upon us. Did you know that the Scriptures presents God, the Father, as the perfect, perfect example of what a Father should be? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 48, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So, I thought this morning, instead of chewing everybody out for not being a good dad, or lying to you about us being perfect dads, or cleaning your clock because your clock probably needs cleaned, because it hasn't been cleaned in a while, And instead of preaching on tithing like some of you guys thought I was going to anyhow, because that's all you ever hear me preach on, right? I never mentioned it, but that's all the preacher ever talked about. I thought I'd talk to you this morning about what a good deal you got. I mean, just what a good deal you got. Notice, first of all, I want to talk to you this morning for just a moment about a call to consider. Then I'll talk to you for just a little while about a case of confusion. John the Apostle comes to a place in his life. He's the one that's always leaning on the Lord's breast. He's the one who loves the Lord. John the beloved Apostle. All of a sudden he begins to write and write and then he says, Wow! Behold! What manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. He was overwhelmed. 
he was absolutely wowed when he began to contemplate how much God really loves us. You know, some folks just don't know how to receive love. Uh, some folks just don't know. They just can't believe that somebody would like to do something for you that don't cost you something. Well, what's that church trying to get out of me? Sin and the devil. That's it. That's it. Misery. Misery. Aren't you glad that God loved you when you couldn't do him a favor? Aren't you glad that God loved you, but he didn't need you? Aren't you glad he loved you and has no intention of abusing you? I am so glad. You know, he just comes to a place in his life... John does and says, I'm, I'm absolutely confounded. I'm, I'm confused about the manner in which God loves me. And then there is a cause to celebrate. <clears throat> I could be quiet right now. And you've already got the sermon. A call to consider. Behold. A confusion. What manner of love? Now, I can understand why my wife loves me. Because I'm a lovable individual. I've got, I have two coonhounds at the house. I can tell they love me. Every time I go down there, they wag their tail. I don't think that had much to do about my wife, though. Please don't misunderstand. We wasn't talking about the same thing when we were talking about expressions of love. We were not talking about that. But when it comes to me, I know all about me. I know what I think. I know how I think. I know where I've been. I know what I've done. And I'm not going to tell you that. But somebody knows all about and still he loves me behold a call to consider have you considered lately that God loves you have you looked in the Bible and saw the flashing light that's blinking and said, would you slow down a minute? Would you just stop a minute? Would you turn the television off just a minute? Would you consider what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon you? It's out of this world, kind of. Have you considered lately I think we paid thousands of dollars for that LED sign. Years ago, we were one of the first to have on the highway. No, we bought that sign to get attention. 
That's our behold sign. That's our, that's our case for you to consider. We'll put something on that sign, and we want you to look at it and talk about it and think about it. We want you to consider what's going on. And God put the behold there for you to slow down, stop, wait a minute, don't think about anything else. How much God really, really, really loves you. Notice, if you would please, it's a, it's a, a, a consider the manner of love that God has given us and has bestowed upon us. Something that we are not accustomed to. Something beyond the ordinary. One day, the disciples and Jesus was taking a boat ride. Matthew chapter 8, the Bible says about Jesus, he was in the, in the hole of the ship asleep. And suddenly there was a, a, a tempestuous, a, a tremendous wind and storm blew up. And the Bible describes it as the, the water was flowing and rolling over the boat till all the disciples were scared to death. And they went down to the hold of the ship and woke Jesus and, and said, Master, wake up, we perish, do something. And the Lord looked at him and said, Oh, ye of little faith. Uh, and uh, he stands on the bow of the ship. You remember the uh, And he says to nature, to the winds and to the sea, Shut up. Be still. And those tempestuous waves that were crashing across the boat now turns around and takes off to the shore as little puppies whip with their tail between their legs to find refuge under the front porch. And he stands and says, Winds, hush! And they silent. And the disciples looked and said, Dear God, what manner of man is this? An indescribable man. An inexhaustible power. What manner of man? The Greek word means another country or out of this world. We have a man on the bow of this boat that is out of this world. What manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey? Same word. Same word manner describes the out of the world kind of love God has for each of us who are here today. An undescribable love. A kind of love that makes us want to say, wow, he loves us anyhow. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. An amazing love. Power and love beyond ability. May I say that the love he has demonstrated to us is not common. God's world love is plumb out of the world. There's no country in the earth that characterizes such love as the love of God that made him come from heaven to earth and die on a cross for mine and your sins. Preacher, God's love is out of this world kind of love. Frederick Lehman 
sat down with pen in his hand and said, The love of God is greater far than tongue nor pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the high star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win, his erring child to reconcile and pardon from his sin. Think about this just a minute. Could we, with ink, the ocean fill? And were the skies of the parchment made? And were every stalk on earth a quill? And every man a scribe by trade? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how marvelous and strong. It shall forever more endure the saints and angels' song. The love of God. When nobody else loves me, God loves me. When everybody else is running out on me, the love of God is running in to me. When nobody else understood, God's love understands. A preacher, you just don't know me. Yeah, but God does. And God loves you anyhow. And I know you're not lovable. But God loves you with a kind of love that is out a call to consider. Have you ever thought about that? The manner of love. Consider, if you would please, the, the messenger of love. A dad was helping his son with a math problem. And the son kept saying, Daddy, Here's the pencil. I don't understand. And the dad would tell him again about the problem, how to fix the equation. The little boy said, Daddy, don't tell me. Show me. I'm confused. Our daddy showed him how much he loved. For God so loved this world, God gave his only begotten Son. The messenger of love is Calvary. But God committed his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, what did he do? Christ died for us. We don't know anything about that kind of love. That, that, that's out of this kind of world kind of love. 1 John 4, 9 says this, And this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. Here in His love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation or a sacrifice or an offering for our sin. Dear Lord, the manner of love 
Oh, yes. The messenger of love? Oh, yes. Notice, if you would please, the method of love. He just poured it all over us. Bill, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us? It's someone loving in an uncommon way. It's someone loving that is matchless. Let me ask you something. If you were somebody else, would it be hard to love you? God didn't have this trouble. Because the Bible said God is love. And that God does love. John, after years of experience of the Lord's love, after years of walking with the Lord, after three and a half years of walking with the Lord, day by day, every day, he here, as he begins to write the book of 1 John, is astonished and amazed at the love that God has for man when he exclaims, Behold, take a note, become aware of, and understand what kind of love God loved you with. First of all, it was an unearthly love. The Bible said every good and perfect gift is from above, from the Father of light. Thank God God does not love me like people down here love. Thank God that God's love is not an earthly kind of love, not dependent upon acts of deeds or acts of goodness, or not dependent on how much Lady Clarewall or butch wax you can put on, not, not, not determined by if your hair stands up, stands up, or falls out. God's love. He just loves us anyhow. It's an unearthly kind of love. The manner of love, it's an unearthly love. It is an unending love. You are loved with an everlasting love. There have been folk who fell in love with me and then fell out of love with me. Usually they fell out of love with me when I talk about Thank God, God ain't never going to fall out of love with this country boy. Because I am loved with an ever unending kind of love. It's not an earthly kind of love. It is an unending kind of love. It is an unconditional kind of love. It is an unexplainable love. Ephesians 3.19, and we know the love of God which passeth knowledge. Think of that today. You can't figure it out. You can't explain it. It is an unexplainable love. It's an undeserved love. Why were we at sinners? Christ died for us. It's an unconquerable love. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. And not only that, it is an unexplainable love. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon me. Daddy. Would you try to love your kids that way? I bet your kids need loving a lot more than they need a whooping. Now, whooping don't hurt them. You say, are you advocating whooping? No. Whipping, not whooping. Difference in whooping and whipping. You know the difference in whooping and whipping. My daddy taught me early in my life the difference in a whooping and a whooping, whipping and a whooping. 
It's about like the difference in singing and singing. There is a difference in singing and singing. You agree? Now, the difference in whooping and whipping. Daddy told me a long time ago, said, if you whip a man until you let him loose, he'll always be back. But if you whoop him until he gets loose, he won't ever come back. Difference in a whipping and a whooping. <laughs> oh, you say, oh, you're advocating. No, I'm advocating that dads be the kind of dad that our Heavenly Father is. The one that bestows love, regardless of what you do. Whether you discipline, whether you play, whether you pray, whether you bring them to church, or whatever you do, love them like God loves us. Behold, look here, take note how God loves us. And he refers to himself 13 times in the chapter as the Father. A call to consider. Notice also, I'd like to leave this with you before I go, a case of confusion. I don't understand and I do not even dare to try to comprehend how, why God loves me. Out of all the people in all the world, When he reached down and saved me, he saved the most insignificant, the most unlikely to succeed, the lowest of the low, the basis of the base, and the most unlikely of the unlikely. God saved me. Sitting on my couch 49 years ago or so in Farmer's Branch, Texas, I had no problem at all when the preacher said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He said, Gene, the Bible said, there is none righteous, no, not one. Well, I knew that. I'd been hanging out at the bar, fighting raving hell, fighting chickens, gambling, in jail, out of jail. I had no trouble at all when he said, Gene, there was none righteous. No, not one. That didn't affect me much. I knew that. It did not affect me much when he said, Wherefore, by one man sin entered the world. So death by sin. So death passed upon all men for all have sinned. The only reason you're going to die is because you're a sinner. I had no problem with that. Well, I had a problem when I was sitting on my couch, proud and arrogant, proud of the business that I had built, proud of the family that I had, proud, proud, proud. And no problem until he said, but God commended his love toward you, and that while you were yet a sinner, Christ died for you. And he looked at me and he said, Gee, If you've been the only sinner in the world, 
Christ would have done just for you. I had some problem with that. Suddenly, this old gruff, hell-raising, bar-fighting, ex-jailbird was sitting on the couch. Something real warm began to run down his face. Me crying? What am I crying for? I just discovered somebody that loved me and wasn't ashamed to say it. Well, after 40-some years of preaching the gospel, I'm still confounded and still confused why he loved me. I didn't love myself. Nobody ever said too much about loving me. And all of a sudden, the God of this universe loved me. Isaac Watts in the 1600s at last did my Savior did my sorrow die? Would he devote such a sacred head for such a worm as I? John Newton, captain of a slave ship, but enslaved and murdered cruelly. Slaves for years sit down one day after he met the Savior and pinned down amazing grace. How sweet the sound to save a wretch like me. A case of confusion. Charles Gable penned, I stand amazed in the presence of the Jesus of Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned. And the Course says, oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful. And my song shall ever be. Oh, how marvelous. Oh, how wonderful is my Savior's love for me. I bet some of you are confused right now why God loved you that way, too. I want you to know something. Don't leave this place today thinking that nobody loved you. Because the Father, your Father, He loves you. A call to consider a cause of case of confusion. Let me close. Like Andrew could have got a better looking tie than that, don't you think? That guy's sabotaging my sermon with that tie. But now he'd wear that tie, I wouldn't. A cause to celebrate. Beloved, now are we the sons of God.
some way, supernaturally, listen to me now, I bowed my knee 40-some years ago in my living room by my couch. I bowed my knee, a child of the devil. John 8, 44, you have of your father the devil, and the works you will do. For he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And I bowed my knee at my couch 40-some years ago, a child of the devil, and stood up a child of the king. And it's worked. A lot of things I wanted to do when I knelt, somehow or another I didn't want to do when I stood up. And with the supernatural hand of Almighty God, he took me out of Adam's family, and Adam all died, and put me in his family. Even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, I've got a reason to celebrate today. I used to sing a song, but Mrs. Brown began to sing it at this church, and I've swore off of singing it. Because she sang it. I, I never did sing it much, but it says, Once I was clothed in the rags of my sin, I was wretched, and I was poor. I was lost and lonely within. I would tender compassion, the king of all kings, in pity and love. He took me under his wings. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm a child of the king. His precious blood now flows in my veins. And I, who was wretched and poor, now can sing. Praise God. Praise God. I'm a child of the King. Now, I've got two minutes to explain to you how we are placed or how we get into a family. Now, we've all been to school, and I know you know all of this. But there are three ways that you can get into a family. Now get this. There's the life principle, the law principle, and the love principle. Three ways that you get into a family. Now, there is no doubt about it. This is a Ringo. We could coat him in gold, put wings on him, and he'd still be a Ringo. You wouldn't have to look long to find out who he belongs to. If you would punch him 
aggy blood would run all over the floor. I'm not going to tell you who he belongs to. It would be an insult to him. But there is a life principle you need to understand. He is a Ringo because they're Ringo. Life principle. He actually is living their life. A life principle. Now I'm better looking than Andrew. Smarter than Andrew. Sign his check each week. That's the only reason he ain't mad with that. But he is a Wolfenbarger because of a life principle. The molding of two lives, his mother and myself. And he is a Wolfenbarger by birth. There is also the law principle in which you can get into a family. It's called adoption. You sign the significant papers. You file them at the courthouse. You have the lawyers do all of their stuff. And legally, you are a member of that family. Legally. The law principle. Then there is the love principle. And this is a bad thing. She fell in love with that. And she became, what were you trying to become? She became a Ringo. My wife was overwhelmed and swooped off her feet. I didn't even know how you dated being saved. So all we did is we went to Denny's, sat across the table, drank coffee, and I don't even like coffee. <laughs> sat in front of a mirror so no one would be apt to say the preacher's out on a fling with somebody protecting the innocency and the integrity of my future wife-to-be. And one night, I proposed in such a loving way that she could not uh, resist. And she jumped in my truck, and we went to Weatherford, Texas, and got the JP out of the sale barn and went up to the courthouse. And my wife became a Wolfenbarger. That's the love principle. The law principle, adoption. The life principle, born. God loves you so much that he incorporated all three of those in you becoming a child of God. He don't want you to even doubt for a minute the manner of love he's bestowed upon you. Because he told Nicodemus, he told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, huh? 
Bible said as many as to receive him gave him the power to become the sons of God, which were born. Now listen, not of blood, not of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. When you get saved, you're actually birthed spiritually into God's family. Romans chapter number 8 talks about the law principle. We're dead to the law and alive, and made alive by the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. When I got saved, I became dead to rule-keeping, dead to the law, and alive to grace, and alive to the love of God. And Romans chapter 7 said, We have not received the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So just to make sure you know how much God loves you. He incorporated every principle in life to make you a child of God. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called Preacher, I'm not sure I'm a child of God. Could I say to you, this is a grand day for you then, because you can become a child of God today 